This morning, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. We're in this series called Back to the Basics. For the next, uh, this week and next week, we'll, we'll wrap up the series, but we started off by talking about the foundation of our faith, which is new birth in Jesus Christ, John 3. Jesus says, unless you're born again of, of spirit and of water, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And we talked about this reality that if we're going to enter into the life of Christ, it, it requires a new birth. We're all born physically into this world, and Scripture tells us that we're born into sin, and that separates us from God. But when we come to Christ we, and, and submit our lives to him and call on him for salvation, put our faith in him, his death on the cross and resurrection from the grave, he gives us new life. We call that being saved. Uh, we call that born again, and we're born spiritually into this new life. And as we live out this new spiritual life, we, we grow, just like when you're born physically, you grow. And if you don't grow, that's a problem, right? We, doctors diagnose that. They call it failure to thrive. And that means that a child is not growing in the way they should. And in the same way, if we are born again spiritually into the body of Christ, we are called to grow and so last week, we looked at what that path of growth looks like. We said discipleship is the process of growing to maturity as we seek to follow Jesus' life and teaching. That's this process of spiritual growth. It's discipleship. It's, it's the process of growing to maturity as we seek to follow Jesus' life and teaching. And so we looked at some principles uh, from Matthew 28 to help us understand the pattern of discipleship. Matthew 28 is where Jesus says, uh, go into all the world and make disciples. He says, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe everything I've commanded you and remember I'm with you even to the very end of the age. And, and so we saw from that passage, there's kind of five steps in this discipleship journey. The first is spiritual new birth. We become disciples. We, we, we cease to be viewed in a human way. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That's that spiritual new birth. And then we're baptized into a spiritual family. Every time we see baptism in the New Testament, almost every time, we see it as people who put their faith in Jesus and then they're baptized into a spiritual family. They're added to the community of believers, of disciples. Then we, we teach and we learn God's word. That's an important part of spiritual growth, but we must apply and obey those things that we're learning. And finally, Jesus, at the end of Matthew 28, the, the Great Commission, he says, remember I'm with you to the end of the age. So part of discipleship, the most important part is living in fellowship with Jesus because all of this stuff can't happen without Jesus' presence, the, the presence of his Holy Spirit strengthening us and guiding us. And so part of the, the work that the Holy Spirit does in us, he gives us new life. He, he helps us to understand God's teaching and apply God's teaching. And, and then scripture says that he gives us gifts in order to serve the body, the church, the gathering of God's people. And so let me read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verses four through eight and verse 11. And um, I'm gonna get you to stand up one more time as I read this, Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 8, and, and then closing that passage with verse 11. Here's 
what God's word says. Now, there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the spirit, the Holy Spirit, is given to each person for the common good. And then verse 11 says, one and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. Let me pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is truth. Lord, give us ears to hear and hearts to obey. Conform us into your image. Help us to live on mission through the strength of your Holy Spirit today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. So this morning, we're going to look at spiritual gifts. The first thing I want us to see from this passage, in verse 11, it tells us, one and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. And the first thing we need to understand about spiritual gifts is that they are given by the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. We don't manufacture spiritual gifts in our life. We don't... Um, it's not like a catalog where we say, okay, I think I want this one and I want this one. Now, do you remember catalogs when you were a kid, right? The Sears catalog for Christmas or whatever it was. And we would kind of look through and circle things. That's not how spiritual gifts work. The, the spirit in submission to the son and submission to the father gives us gifts. It's, it's in God's wisdom, he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what the needs of the body are. He, he knows what he's called us to, to live on mission, and he gives us specific gifts. They are given by the Holy Spirit. That's an amazing thought to me because maybe, maybe you're a believer and you don't know exactly how God would want to use you. Maybe you're like Darren and, and you say, I, I don't know if I have any gifts or not, but I, I'm willing to make a joyful noise <laughs> to the Lord, Right? Darren, it's, it's more than a joyful noise. I'm grateful for your voice, man. Um, but, you know, maybe you say, I don't know how God could possibly use me, but the incredible thing is God knows how he could use you. And he, in his wisdom, knows exactly what his purpose for your life is. And so, because of that, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have surrendered your life to Christ... If you have been made a new creation, if you have been reborn, if you have been saved, those are all terms for the same thing, then you are given gifts by the Spirit. You don't have to feel inferior, I'm not like them, I can't pray like them, I, I'm not as outgoing as they are. Sometimes we, we kind of compare ourselves to other people, but the reality is God has given each and every person a gift as he sees fit. So spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. This passage that we just read also tells us that gifts are given for the common good. He's distributed to each one for the common good. That is, your spiritual gift is not about you. It's not so you can say, look at me, look at, look at how gifted I am, look at what I can do. No, no, no. The gift God has given you is for a purpose, and that purpose uh, takes place within the community of believers. We're going to look at 
uh, a little bit more in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in, in just a minute, but it gives us this picture uh, that, that all of these gifts come together to accomplish more. I mean, it's kind of like Voltron or Power Rangers or pick your, you know, where, where they all come together and make the big robot thing. Any, no, anybody with me? No? Okay. Sorry about that. Um, it's like a team. Football season has almost started, right? And it takes all the players on the team. You need more than just a quarterback. A quarterback with no other team doesn't make a lot of sense. In the same way in the Christian life and our life of discipleship, following Jesus, growing in maturity as we follow and obey Jesus, we need a team and, and we exist within a team and every person on the team has a role. If a quarterback didn't have an offensive line, he would just get sacked every time. And those guys on the line, you might not know their names like you know the quarterback's name, but without them, that quarterback is getting a concussion every play. <laughs> we all need each other. It takes a team and, and so the gifts that the Spirit gives are for the common good. We live in a culture where we like to distinguish ourselves from other people. Um, there's all kinds of personality quizzes, and you can take a quiz to find out which character from Friends you most identify with, or which character from Harry Potter you most identify with, or, you know, whatever. And spiritual gifts are not like that. It's not just this thing where you, okay, I, this is, I fit with all of the people who have the same gift as me. No, we need, a, we need a, a distribution of multiple gifts in order to function together. So it's for the common good. It's, it's not about you. It's about how you fit in the body of Christ. Verse 11 said, you are members of the body of Christ. So let's continue reading in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12. And the Apostle Paul wrote this. The Apostle Paul um, wrote much of the New Testament. Before he became a follower of Jesus, he was an enemy of Jesus and the church. He persecuted the church and oversaw the, the um, execution and the torture of Christians, but God changed his life one day. And he became a follower of Jesus to the point where he gave his life for the cause of Christ. But he writes about these spiritual gifts and how they take place within the body, the church. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. He says, just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we're all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. He says, look, think of your body. It has different parts. It's one body, but it has different parts. You can pat your head and rub your tummy or, you know, some of you can do the floss or whatever the latest TikTok dance is. You know, you can do things and your body's moving in different directions and some people are more coordinated than others. But there's multiple parts to the body, but it makes up one body. And, and Paul says that's what the body of Christ is like. One body, but many parts. But he also tells us in this passage that when we're baptized into this one body, the body of Christ, 
We are no longer Jews or Greeks, slave or free. There's a specific context that Paul is writing to. And in his day, the Roman Empire was the predominant culture of the world. And, and those were Greek or Roman citizens. That was a cultural identity. And this Jewish culture, uh, cultural identity was what Paul was born into. It's what Jesus was born into. Jesus was the fulfillment of all the Jewish prophecies that pointed to a Messiah that would come. And there was conflict between the Jews and the Greeks. And, and Paul says, look, when you're, when you're baptized into the body of Christ, you're no longer Jew or Greek. You're no longer slave or free. This was a kind of a status within society. Were you of the servant class, of the slave class, or were you born free? And those who were born free could take advantage of and exploit those who were born into the servant or slave class. And Paul says, you're not defined by those human terms anymore. You're part of the body of Christ. And spiritual gifts remind us that we are no longer defined by human terms. Spiritual gifts remind us that we are no longer defined by human terms. When we're born into the body of Christ, when we're baptized into the body of Christ, when we become a part of the body of Christ through faith and salvation, through God's grace, we have a new identity. We're part of the body of Christ. Our life belongs to him. We serve his purpose. We're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And so many times we try to continue to define ourselves by human terms and we divide ourselves for all kinds of reasons. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to see that we are no longer defined by human terms. We, we are no longer to prioritize and value the things of this world, but to prioritize the kingdom of God and recognize that we are called to a purpose within that kingdom. We are no longer defined by human terms. 1 Corinthians 12 continues in verse 15. It says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the foot, I don't need you. Spiritual gifts remind us that we all have a role to play. I love how practical this illustration is that Paul gives us, right? I mean, anybody can understand this. If our body was just made up of a bunch of hands, that would be super freaky, right? Or a bunch of eyes, that would be like a horror movie and not very practical, right? We, we need the whole body, the hands and the feet and the eyes and the ears and the nose and the head. It, it, it takes all of us functioning as one body to accomplish what God 
has for us. We all have a role to play. And we don't get to look at people who are different than us and say, I wish I was like them, or look at people who are different than us and say, I'm better than them. No, Paul says, look, we're different. We're all different. And we're all important, and we all have a role to play. This should encourage us as Christians, as believers. If you're brand new to faith, God is using you right now and has a purpose for you right now. He's using you right now. If you've been a part of the church forever and ever and ever, God is using you right now. But your role is not any more important than those that he just saved yesterday because we all have a role to play and spiritual gifts remind us that. Verse 22 continues. It says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor, and our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable. So Paul is giving us an illustration of the body, once again, that there are parts of your body that you cover up in public, right? That makes sense. And if you don't, you should cover those parts up. This is not a message on modesty, but it could be. Paul is saying, hey, there's parts of the body that you just don't flaunt in public. You cover those and give them honor. The less presentable, the less respectable parts. And he's saying the same is true in the body of Christ. There are parts of the body that, that, that might seem weak, that might seem less presentable, but he says these parts are indispensable. Here's what I would like to encourage you with this morning. There are times in your life where you are needy (laughs) and you feel like, oh, I'm so needy. Why would anybody want to be around me? The fact is God uses your neediness to fulfill his purpose in other people. Because God has called people to serve and to encourage and to show mercy, to give. You know what? God uses your financial needs to allow somebody who has the gift of giving to be a blessing. So don't ever say, I could never take that from you. No, take it. (laughs) Because God called them to give it to you. And they're just being obedient. And when you receive that gift, you're blessed and they're blessed and the testimony of what God has done is a blessing to others. And when you're needy and you raise your hand and say, I need somebody to pray for me, God is using you to strengthen and build up those people who pray for you. We go through hard seasons of our life and we think, I shouldn't go to church because I'm just gonna be a downer. No, come be a downer. So somebody else can be an exhorter. We need you. And in those seasons where you feel like you have nothing to offer, that's exactly what you have to offer. Because God has called his people to come around you and to pray for you and to strengthen you. And then there will be a season in your life where you get to be that for somebody else. And you may not enjoy this season of neediness, but God is using it, I promise. I promise God is using it. And so he says, look, don't look at parts of the body and go, oh, just hide them. No, he's saying those parts deserve greater honor. 
Pray for them, encourage them, lift them up. Spiritual gifts remind us to show honor to one another. Spiritual gifts remind us to show honor to one another. Verse 25 says, so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. These couple of verses teach us that spiritual gifts should lead to unity. He says, there should be no division in the body. Our our spiritual gifts shouldn't separate us into classes, into groups, into sects, but it should lead to unity because we recognize I need that person. That person needs me. And in God's wisdom and plan, he uses our neediness and our gifts to come together to accomplish something incredible. Josh and Alex are getting ready to help us launch Freeway Ministries. We're gonna, yes, praise the Lord. And we're gonna share more about that in the days ahead. Next weekend, uh, I'm gonna be out with Josh and Alex and me and Brooke and a couple other people are gonna be in Springfield to go through a training with Freeway. And then um, we're, we're really gonna launch in January, but there'll be some meetings for how you can get involved before then. But God in his wisdom, I told you the story about, about the financial gift that was given on accident to this church. The person thought they were giving to another church, right? And it, it funded the beginning of Freeway Ministry and God has continued to multiply that gift in an incredible way through someone that had the, the grace, the gift of giving. God called Josh and Alex here and, and there was a, they, they came last summer and uh, went out with us on a ministry day and Josh said, I'll never move here, it's way too hot. But then God moved in his heart. And, and, and while God was moving in their heart, God was moving in, in my heart as the pastor here and the heart of other people in our church who are serving in outreach ministries. In the heart of some random person who accidentally gave to the wrong church and, and God is doing all this stuff and, and he pulls it together and we go, whoa, because that's how God works. And you might not understand the season that you're in or the gift that God has given you, but I promise God is doing something. So just submit to it. And it should lead us to unity. We, we see that, that God is doing this thing over here and this thing over here and this thing over here and this thing over here. And all of a sudden we see how he's brought all of that together for one purpose. And we're blessed by it, but it's not for us. It's for his mission. It's for others. Verse 27 gives us just a really good summary. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. Me, you, all of us. Scripture in another place says you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's not about me. It's not about my life. It's not about who I am. We are the body of Christ. Individually, we are members of the one body of Christ. And the expression of the body of Christ right here at 500 South Cimarron Boulevard is you. And we all have a role to play. 
So really quickly, I, I wanna go through some of the gifts that are mentioned in scripture. There, there's lots of specific spiritual gifts that are mentioned, but in Romans chapter 12, we have a list of seven gifts that are, that are pretty easy for us to grasp. And so I just wanna go through those this morning, and I want you to kinda see if you can identify yourself in one of those gifts. But before we do, I wanna show you one more video uh, from one of our church members that talks about the gift that God has given them in their life. So check this out. Hickel. I've been part of Orlando Baptist Church since I was 11 years old, um, majority of my life. And for majority of that time, I was a part of the church, served in the church, um, did a lot in the church. I knew Jesus around high school and for a while I felt like my relationship with Jesus wasn't very deep. It was very surface level, came to church, did what I needed to do. And for a long time I was searching for a way to deepen that relationship with the Lord and I couldn't figure out how I wanted to do that until I realized what his gift on my life was and that was the gift of teaching the lord has graciously gifted me with the gift of spiritual teaching and i realized that when my husband eddie was called into ministry we moved to dallas and we were a part of a church in dallas and i saw a woman teach and that night the holy spirit didn't just tug on my heart it just pulled me completely into this is what the lord wants you to do this is how the lord wants to use you to glorify him and so since that night i've prayed that the lord would use me as he used her to teach scripture and teach people how good and awesome our heavenly father is and so since then the lord has given me so much opportunity to teach and to glorify him and our relationship has strengthened and deepened and I now can say that I have a relationship with my Heavenly Father that's daily, all day, um, every day growing and thriving. And there are days that it's hard and there are days that it's good. Um, but the more that I serve in this gift of teaching, the more that I see Him and the more that I learn about Him in teaching, I'm able to see just all that He's done for me. And all I want to do is repay Him and serve Him and show people God has done so much for us and this is how we can serve Him and glorify Him because we're not worthy, but He chooses us. He chooses me to teach His scripture and I'm just do what He wants me to do. And so the church has really allowed me to do so much in the capacity of teaching. Young Adults has been huge in giving me space to teach and do biblical teachings to people so that we can show them and, and glorify our Lord and show them this is who God is. He's everything. He's powerful. He's just. He's merciful. And so it's been an incredible experience to be at this church and have this community and family and friends that push me into God's calling. And so it's just further confirmation of God's blessing of this gift. And so I just pray every day that he'll continue to allow me to steward this blessing for his glory. And I'm just so thankful for the gift of what spiritual teaching is. My prayer is that the Lord will reveal to you his calling on your life and his spiritual gifting on your life. And when you answer that call, it will be such a sweet, sweet relationship that you'll be able to form with our Heavenly Father. All right. So uh, Tiffany helps teach in our young adults ministry, which takes place on Sunday nights. Corey and Chrissy Cooper lead that. And as I mentioned in my prayer earlier, they had their little baby girl this week. Um, and I, I think I saw Josh and Melissa come in a minute ago. They had their little baby girl this week too. So God is multiplying our church. Uh, but God 
uses each of us and he'll reveal to each of us how he wants to use us when we are surrendered to him. So let me read from Romans chapter 12. I'm gonna read eight verses. We're gonna look at maybe how these things apply to us and then we're gonna wrap up. Romans 12, one says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Again, remember, we are a part of the body of Christ. It's not about us anymore. And so Paul says, submit yourselves to God, your bodies to God. He says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good pleasing and perfect will of God. Remember, we don't view ourselves in human terms anymore. We're we're transformed. When we become a part of the body of Christ, we're renewed in our mind. And and what's incredible, he tells us that we can know what the will of God is for us. So verse three, for by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Remember, spiritual gifts remind us to honor each other. It's not about us. It's it's about the common good that God has given us these gifts. Verse four, now as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, now here's the list he gives us. We have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation. Giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. He gives us this list of prophecy, this list. I think I said lift. Scratch that on the video. Just kidding. He gives us, the, gives us the list here. Prophecy, service, teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, and mercy. So what do these things mean? So prophecy, this is not, this doesn't mean you can see the future. This doesn't mean you, you declare things in, into existence. This means that, that, that you are able to declare God's truth, not your truth, not This isn't new revelation. This is declaring God's truth. However, there are people who have a special way of declaring God's truth. There are people who have spoken into my life and said, hey, I want to talk because I've observed this in you and I I feel like God wanted me to say this. And, And sometimes that's pretty confrontational. But it's necessary. And there's some people who have a special gift for how they can confront others in a way that strengthens and builds up and edifies and speak God's truth into their life. This is the prophet. And maybe some of you go, oh, you know, I I sense that in my life. I've had that experience in my life. Service. Those with the gift of service, they are the ones who are able to come alongside someone to help. You love to come alongside people. Maybe you don't want to be in the front. You want to be in the background. You just want to come alongside someone and help accomplish the mission. Maybe God has given you the gift of service, and it's an important part of the body. Teaching. Teaching is those who can help others understand spiritual truths. You're able to succinctly and systematically 
explain the truth of God's word in a way that people can understand. Maybe God has given you that gift. Exhorting, these are those who are able to encourage and motivate others. Exhorters are the people when, you're, when you walk away from them, you're like, man, that was awesome. <laughs> like, you're just ready to go. They're those people who speak life into you. When, when you finish a conversation with them, you're, you're motivated, you're excited, you're ready to go. In my life, uh, Pastor Arthur, um, who we launched out to start Restoration Church in January, and they're doing an incredible job. But man, he's a guy in my life that when I spend time with him, I walk away and I am ready to go. He's an exhorter. Giving, this is a spiritual gift of giving, of generosity. Maybe God has given you that gift. You're able to give financial resources without expectation of return. Maybe God has given you wisdom when it comes to finances in a way that you're able to give. As I said earlier, maybe you're in a need and and when somebody steps in to meet that need financially, God is using them in their gifting for a purpose. And so don't begrudge that. Be grateful and know that God has given that person a spiritual gift of giving. Maybe you find yourself, it's easy for you to give away Money, it's not a thing for you. It's not something that you hold on to tightly. Maybe God has given you the gift of giving, leading. This is someone who's able to help organize others to accomplish the mission. They're able to help organize others to accomplish the mission. This is the spiritual gift of leading or of, of, of administration. Maybe God has given you that gift. You're able to, to see the pieces and say, hey, you know, let's, let's get this done. And if you'll do this and you'll do this and you'll do this and we come together to accomplish the mission. And the last one is mercy, to give special help and comfort in seasons of grief. Heather Owen leads a ministry called Grief Share and, and she has a special heart to help people walk through seasons of loss and grief in their life. And maybe, maybe God has given you this gift to come alongside people in their seasons of grief, to, to be a shoulder they can lean on and cry on and to just listen and, and to walk alongside people in their most difficult moments. And if that's you, maybe God has given you the gift of mercy. By the way, people with the gift of mercy are not fixers. <laughs> Because some of us have the gift of fixing, and we say, well, if you would do this and this and this and this and this, maybe your gift is prophecy, not mercy. But all of these roles are important. Prophecy, service, teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, mercy. So here's, here's a practical way to think about it. Let's say we're all sitting at a table together, right? These seven gifts in a restaurant, and the server walks in with a tray full of food and they drop the tray and it goes flying everywhere. The person who has the gift of service, they, they get right up and they start helping clean up. Is, can, is there a broom? Is, you know. the, the person with the gift of teaching says, hey, next time. <laughs> if you would hold the tray like this. <laughs> 
Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. The, the person with the gift of exhortation goes, oh, it's okay, you got this, you got this. Man, you are cleaning that up so awesome. You're doing a great job. Person with the gift of giving says, I don't know if they're gonna take this out of your paycheck or not, but I wanna pay for it. Let me just, where's, where's your manager? I'm gonna go get that taken care of so that this doesn't cost you. The person with the gift of leading says, hey, you go get a broom, you go get the dustpan, you go, somebody else, you go start helping make some more food, let's get this done. The person with the gift, gift of mercy just goes next to that poor server and says, oh, I am so sorry. A little rub on the back and I know that's embarrassing, but it's okay. The person with the gift of prophecy goes, I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> I don't know. Here's the point. We all have different gifts and different roles. And whether it's an interaction like that at the restaurant or whether when you walk into this room on a Sunday morning, you just see somebody who needs special attention and you go show them mercy. If you see somebody that, that you just feel like God has called you to speak truth into their life, you do it. And all of these gifts, they can be used anywhere. It's not just if you have the gift of teaching, you teach a Sunday school class or you teach a kid's class. No, you can teach anybody at any time. You don't say, well, I have to wait till I have a title in order to use my gift. No, 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 no. Start using your gift now. Just be faithful right now. And God will begin to use that gift and 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 nurture that gift and help you develop that gift. And whatever it is, use it. Don't say, well, I wish I was a teacher, but I just have the gift of mercy. Man, we need people who are merciful. We need encouragers. We need servants. We need givers. We need prophets. We need leaders. Don't despise the gift that God has given you because you want another one. Just use what he's given you because we need it. We need it. And if you're in a season right now where you just need to receive, know that God is using that too. God is using that too. So this morning, we're in this series back to the basics, starts with new birth. God wants to use us. He's calling us into mission. He's calling us into something greater. He's called us into his body to accomplish more than we could ever accomplish on our own, but it starts with new birth. That is surrendering your life to Christ. We are born into this world in sin, separated from God, Scripture says. But God made a way for us to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Jesus came and he lived a perfect life and he died a sinless death on the cross and God raised him from the dead three days later and he ushered in new life. And when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, King, surrender our life to him, and we believe that God raised him from the dead, Scripture says we can be saved. And if you've never come to the point of salvation today, today can be your day. That journey can start today. And here's what's incredible. Once God calls us in 
to his family and, and we surrender, then he puts us to work. <laughs> he begins to grow us and to change us and to give us purpose and to give us a mission. And he uses our life for eternal purposes. So maybe God is calling you into that today and I wanna invite you to surrender to him. Maybe you've been a believer, but you haven't been using your gift. You haven't been serving in the body. Today, I, I, I wanna invite you to step into that. Next week, we're gonna have an opportunity to sign up for different ministries and different places that you can really exercise those gifts. But maybe you just need to get off the sidelines and, and get into the mission. Before we leave today, we're, we're gonna have a time of prayer and response here in just a minute. And when that's done, uh, community groups are kicking off this week. And, and if you're not a part of a group, that we meet in homes, we meet in Sunday school classes at nine o'clock here in the auditorium or here on campus. Those are great places to get connected to help you grow in discipleship and grow in your giftings. And so these tables set up on the side are places where you can sign up to be a part of a group, ask questions to some of the leaders. And so I don't want you to leave today before you meet somebody and, and see how you can get plugged in. But this morning, whatever God is calling you to through his spirit, I invite you to respond. So why don't you stand up with me? I'm gonna pray. We're gonna sing a little bit of a song that just says, Lord, I need you. It's in that place of need that God meets us. So this morning, if you would come to him for salvation, for power, your Christian life, to make a difference, then I invite you to respond. Lord, we love you, we thank you. We thank you that you use us to be a part of what you are doing in the world. Our lives have eternal consequence because we are a part of your eternal mission. So Lord, help us to surrender, to follow, to exercise our giftings. For those who are here today who maybe don't know you as Savior, God, I pray that you would call them to yourself and that they would respond in faith and just say, I surrender, give my life to Christ. Lord, then use them in your mission in the world. God, help us as a church to be about your kingdom work, not about our own little place on the map, but about your kingdom, about this community and the whole world, glorifying you through the gospel and the hope of salvation in Jesus Christ. God, thank you for the work that you're doing Give us confidence that you are working in us and then help us to follow. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.